Hello and welcome everyone to the 123rd episode of Serum Rocks. Today it's just me and Heidi and we are team Serum Rocks. How are you today Heidi? I'm very good thanks, how are you? Yeah, I'm just fine. The weather is a bit cold here now but hopefully it's the last of winter and soon it will be spring so I'm cheering for a bit warmer weather. Yeah, I'm looking forward to spring as well. <laughs> yeah. So today we're going to talk about the topic of 2023 release wave one. And we have picked 10 things that we're going to talk about. And we haven't seen each other list. So this is going to be interesting. But if you're listening to this and you want your things, and please send them to us. So I'm on Twitter at Marcus Alanso. So pretty weird tag, but uh, yeah, well, and Sierra and, and Heidi is at Serum Heidi. So that's a lot better. <laughs> Otherwise, you just have to find us or send us a tweet about it. Name Absolutely. us a suggestion. All right. So I've been cheating just as much as last time. All right. <laughs> so All right. may I go first and pick my Absolutely. first cheat? And that is the ability to delete users from environment. Mm. So for the longest time, we've just been able to add people. And then when people quit or they stop working with the tasks in Dynamics, it's pretty common for my customers to want to delete them entirely from the system, either by GDPR or they just want to clean out all users. They don't want them just deactivated or renamed in the system. They want to actually delete them. And that hasn't been available. But now it's available in preview. I'm not sure if we have seen a date for general availability, but I think not. But this is something that you can enable now in preview for your environment. So that's my number one. Very cool. Right. Are yours are yours in a specific order? Because uh, mine are not. Not so, at all. <laughs> so just as last time, I think I've ordered them. And mine are always since I'm a cheater, yes, I have been cheating. So yeah. <laughs> but these are sort of news then that's okay. currently available or in preview now. Yeah. Now I've been, my list lives in the new Dynamics 365 and Microsoft Power Platform release planner. Have you played around with that? So I built my own release plan by taking the features that I want to follow and putting them in my release plan. So that's where my list is coming from, which is why they're in no particular order. All right, then. So that that means that that's your first item? Or it's not the first item? No, that's a bonus. Use the cool release planner. It's neat. Okay, my first thing, and it's a tiny thing, but it's cool. It's in the Microsoft Dataverse release notes. And it's called Approve and Enable Mailboxes Without an Administrator. If you are a system administrator of Dynamics 365 or Dataverse, and you need to enable email capabilities for your users, you've always historically needed to have administrator privileges, which is frankly annoying and unnecessary. A user can approve their own email address and have the system work. So that's in public preview now. It just rolled out, I think, last month. General availability is coming in April of an unknown date. (laughs) Yeah. 
So that's really good. And I, I've, I've seen it and that's the one that, that will make it more easily to, to enroll new users. So really good one. Okay. Then I have something that I find, find interesting and that's power pipelines. So that's the ability to move features such as managed solutions from one environment to another without actually having to export them and import them yourself. Yeah, that's an definitely applause. on my list too. I like that. Yes. Silent applause on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, we've been able to export import solution for the longest time since 2011 version five, I think mm -hmm. solution was introduced. And later on, we got managed solutions, um, but this makes it so much easier. So you can, yeah, set it up once and then you're like, okay, this is how we do it. And then it gets done the same thing over and over again. So this is, you have to have a managed environment as well. And I think you have to have managed solutions. I'm not sure, but I think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. That's that, going to be a nice, nice addition. I always found it weird how you have to export the zip file and then re-import it. Like, there should be an easier way to do it. Yeah. There's been an external toolbox, sound solution transfer or something that I've been using for a long time. But now it gets built in so all the admins can actually do it in the platform. So, yeah. All right. Heidi. Very cool. All right, my next one is in the Power Automate release notes, and it's vague, but it's exciting. Use natural language to create flows. I've been playing around with this preview feature for months now, and it's really exciting, the capabilities that they have. There's a lot of room to advance and improve on it, and that's what the release notes promises. Um, no detail about it. It's not in GA until May, but it's says it supports additional actions, connectors, geoavailability, parameter filtering, and explainability to make the experience even easier. So I'm okay. excited. Yeah, <laughs> that's nice. So the, the one that we currently have, is it more based on actions that you can take in like Dataverse? Because I think we have something that's... Mm, kind of. It's first-party apps and... The things that they've rolled out recently are Dataverse and I think approvals was coming. So maybe they'll be perfected mm. by the time this comes out in May. <laughs> so it, it might be broadened. So it's more connectors and more things that you can get sort of recommendations. Yeah. It's probably this way. You probably want to do something like this then. Yeah. Right. And that's not for advanced power automate creator flow creators. This is for people that are new to it, trying to learn it, maybe more business minded versus technically minded. And I can just say, hey, I want X to happen when A, B and C conditions are met. And then it just magically writes a flow. Yeah. And I think that's really important. It should be really easy to get going that you don't sort of make it really awkward things so that once these AI magic things sort of can't really help the users, then they can get help from someone else and we don't have to start over because it's leading them towards the right path. So really good one. Nice. 
All right. So my third is kind of a, I'm not sure what I feel about this one, but it's the new look and feel for model-driven power-ups. So this will probably come on the first-party apps like sales and customer service as well, but it's listed under power um, model-driven apps currently, and it's an opt-in feature that you have to enable per app. So I think it's something that you can do in an app and then export import into your production environment. But it's it makes those little um, surroundings that we have in the form now available in the ribbon and um, the command bars at the top as well. Mm-hmm. And the business process flow changed from orange to blue. Oh, I do. I, I, <laughs> I didn't know that was the silly part of it. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's interesting. And I always like to tell people that are using Dynamics 365 to pay attention to the Power Platform release notes because of exactly what you just said. That Power Apps model driven app UX update is huge for Dynamics users. And if you're not keeping an eye on Power Platform, you might miss that. So, one of the drawbacks is that it's that you have to opt into it. So then if you have mm-hmm. different app vendors that are going to help you and you're living in multiple apps, perhaps it will differ in your environment. And that's the drawback that I feel can happen here. So if we are like the, the company I work for, we have um, apps that we enroll to our customers. Should we actually opt into this like right now, right here? Or should we wait a while? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not really that straightforward. Do we want to be brand new? And or <laughs> yeah, what do you think about it, Heidi? I I think it's interesting. So it's using the fluent controls on the form too, right? So that could have some interesting changes. And I haven't. Is it available now? I think it's available. Yeah, it's available now in uh, previews. It's one of the early access features, but you have to enable it per app. So you go into the app, so solutions app, and then you click settings, and then you can activate it in your app. Yeah, I haven't done it yet, obviously, because I just asked that question. (laughs) But (laughs) I am curious if that changes any of the UI controls that are available on that form in apps that are opted in. So, uh, they don't talk about the the forms per se, and I haven't noticed okay. any change in the form itself. What I notice is just the ribbon and the command bar, but mm-hmm. perhaps it is, and I didn't actually just pay attention to it. So it could be. All right. More testing. Yeah. More, so that was, more. <laughs> that was on my list, but I have a couple of backups. So I'll do one in Power Apps that is in public preview says in March, but it's not there yet. And general availability in April, that is to add table columns to forms and views automatically. Now, this could be a really neat thing when you're creating your table and building out new columns and just have that button available. Do you want to add this to all of your forms and all your views? Yes, that could be cool. Um, But I also think it might not be terribly effective to have this feature when you're just adding new fields later on. I don't know. I'm conflicted as to whether I think this is really cool or really unnecessary, <laughs> but I guess it's worth having a conversation about. Yeah. I don't feel that it's 
from my point of view, super important pre because as you say, it's mostly in the beginning when you create the table or you're setting up an environment from get-go that you need mm-hmm. those kind of features. Later on, it's probably, oh, we want this one and then we have a specific form or a specific view that we want it on. So yeah, it's good that it's easy to get going. So I'll yeah. I'll say to that. All right, then. So my number fourth, then. So that is the ability to associate activities to other activities. So this one is labeled as things that you can do. So it's it says here that it's uh, connected to the Teams chat so that you now can chat about an activity and then that activity gets related to the task, for example, that you have. So that's the example that they have. So I think this could be neat. I don't see a sh- perhaps a huge potential for it, but it could be up for discussion if you have some kind of data model that you want to solve with activities associated to each other. Yeah, that's interesting. I like that one. So I have a question then that it doesn't say here because on contacts and accounts, you can sort of roll up related activities Mm -hmm. and then you can say, see activities from quotes and opportunities on that account. Do you think activities that are related to other activities also are going to be rolled up? Hmm. I think it depends on what the relationship is, right? Is that an end to end? Because if so, no. Is that an end to one? I don't know. Can uh, one phone call be related to multiple tasks? I don't think so. It's still, so I think it's the regarding that now can be an activity. Interesting. So I don't think regarding can change to two yeah, things. Yeah, it would just be one. So that could be next up then, if that's possible, because sometimes you're not sure what the meeting's about, right? So mm-hmm. the meeting is like a, an hour long and it's very ran, rarely that you have a meeting just about one thing. It sort of tends to spread about <laughs> everything, right? Yeah. 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 All right. So what's your number four? All right. And again, in no particular order, we're going to go back to Power Apps. This time it's about Canvas apps. Drag and drop to build responsive pages more easily. This is really nice because when you're building Canvas apps, you have to build responsiveness into them. Now this takes that away and gives you easy build responsive pages in a Canvas app. This one is later in the year, so don't get too excited. We're gonna have to wait. Public preview for this is July. General availability is September, but I, I like this a lot. So was it Canvas apps or custom pages? Good question. Responsive pages. So yes, it could be just pages. It's not limited to just Canvas app. Because those are not really the same thing, right? Because Mm -hmm. not all controls are available to custom pages yet, Mm -hmm. right? And not all... um, uh, Not all formulas are available as well in custom pages, if I remember correctly. I haven't done a custom page for ages, as you can hear. (laughs) 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 <laughs> but but that's really good because those custom pages are really need to be responsive because they're bed into mold-driven apps and you don't have this fixed page size. It's like, mm-hmm. well, how big is your screen? <laughs> <laughs> right? Is it yep. 
horizontal or vertical or mine is like a 4k screen or is it not mm-hmm. yeah so good one good one so i have i'm going to power pages now all right then so that's a good one that i t- learned from nick Dolman when i talked to him um you can manage power pages using solutions no lie that was my next one so you don't have to export import like the portal pages no portal config mover in action toolbox you can actually do it in the solutions so that's a good one and it makes it again towards that power power pipelines it makes it easier to work with multiple environments and move things around so yeah Mm -hmm. all right totally agree well, all right, let me find my next one because that was going to be it. Let's go to Power BI. So Power BI quick reports in Power Apps are enabled by default. Now, that is a handy little button that popped up in the last release, release notes, which is visualize this view on a Power App. So now that's going to be enabled by default. So you don't have to rely on users to remember to turn it on. It's just there. So early access. Today, you can go in there and use it, but general availability is coming soon. It's in April. All right, then. Good one. So I keep on my power pages then and go to, well, they have actually managed to upgrade the bootstrap version. Perhaps it's a bit technical, but there was a breaking change and the team had to do a lot of work. And again... That's that's something that uh, Nick Dolman told me, and I asked him about it, and he said it's not going to be straightforward, a hundred percent, but they're going to have an upgrade path that's going to take the best effort of actually converting it from Bootstrap three something to Bootstrap hmm. five, and then they will say, "Here's are the things that we couldn't actually help with." So nice. yeah, good one. That is a good one. Much more technical than I can talk mm. about. <laughs> so I I am including this one just because I feel like I give no love to Power Virtual Agents. So I picked one from Power Virtual Agents, which admittedly is my least comfortable area of the Power Platform. I will be completely honest. I have never implemented Power Virtual Agent. My knowledge comes from playing around with it, testing it, and seeing how to work it. And the one I want to talk about is give users a natural experience with multimodal response authoring. So everywhere we're seeing natural language popping in. And I just kind of wanted to highlight that that's here as well. Something like your chatbots and how you're going to author it and how you're going to experience. That is coming in May of 2023. All right, then. And I have to agree with you. I haven't done a single Power Virtual Agent. I know that it's there. I have played around with it, but that's the end of my knowledge. I know where we can publish it and things like that, but then I'm sorry. I have to come back for answers. (laughs) All right, then. So then I will go to marketing. And then we have the feature that has been on previous release notes and probably been delayed because now you can prevent message fatigue in Dynamics Marketing. And I'm sorry to say that it's taken this long, but it's super important to have because it's so easy otherwise to just include every customer in 
every journey. And then you end up with really sad customers or actually no messages going through because everyone has answered Crunchy. Yeah, so that's important. And I'm sorry that it's taking this long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is important and it's a really good enhancement. Yeah. Um, I'm going to highlight one from Dynamics for Sales. And this one is early access now, general availability in April. Seems like a lot of them, right? Guide sellers to favorable sales outcomes with the next best step. So this is, again, leveraging the AI that's throughout the entire platform and bringing up what is the next best thing that you should be doing? What's the next thing to do on this opportunity? So I think that's pretty cool. Again, just AI, natural language, all that stuff is everywhere in the entire platform. And it's pretty cool. Nice. So then I'm going to steal the next one from you then, because I thought you should going to say this. I put one on my on button because I'm going to Power Automate now. And I'm actually curious that you didn't mention that it's now able to store Cloudflow execution history in Dataverse. Because otherwise you had these 28 days and you Mm -hmm. couldn't delete them and you couldn't save them. It was sort of always there. And now that it's Dataverse, well, we have all the options to us that we already have in Dataverse. You can bulk delete them like after one day. You can filter them and save them forever if you want to do that. So this one is a huge one. And it's much easier to get analytics from it if you can run Power BI on it. Because now it's Dataverse. It's really easy to do Power BI on Dataverse. It sure is. Yeah. So you don't (laughs) have to do the sort of insights from just the environment insights. Mm Yeah. Better telemetry. I like it. Yeah. So since you're calling me out about not including Power Automate, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna bring my Power Automate one up that I was gonna say use versioning for solution cloud flows. So this one has no general availability date, unfortunately. Public preview comes in June. Um, and this is the ability to simply revert to a previous version of a flow, which can be helpful because right now you can't do that. So mm. simple little one. That you don't like that much. You're like, ah, that's okay. But mine was better. It's true. No, it's not that. It's just like, (laughs) uh, I save my cloud flows like really often. So I'm curious about how then I have to probably roll back to like yesterday. Because the things that I've done for like the last two hours and I saved 15 (sighs) times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's probably it then. So that was more my concern. Well, how do I find the thing that I want to go back to? Because I save a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's this interesting sentence on this specific release note. It yeah. makes me think this is a building block of something bigger. It says, other solution components will follow. Okay. I don't know what that means. But so you can use versioning for your cloud flows. It doesn't tell you when. It doesn't give you that much. It just says, This is part of your platform-wide approach to versioning. Other solution components will follow. All right, then. So then I'm considering, because on the Canvas apps, we can now actually connect the Canvas apps to GitHub, and then you can do co-authoring and use Mm. Git in the background. So you sort of, when you change it, it actually commits to a 
Git repo where it's really near and dear to my developer heart. Mm -hmm. If this is something like that, then Mm. I'm not saying that it is. It's just the thing that I hear from this description. That's interesting. Because Mm. that could be a way forward, right? And then more things could get versioning. And you can actually use the Git as your, well, this is what we publish. Yep. And you're really good to point out when it's public preview and general availability. I forgot that on like my last three steps. Oh, man. ALM for PowerPages ALM using solution. It's public preview in April and no general availability just yet. And Bootstrap 5, that's public preview in June and no general availability. So I'm I'm just picking things that I think it's fun. So this is not really helpful, perhaps. But (laughs) (laughs) And marketing, uh, prevent message fatigue, that's public preview now and general availability in April. So yeah, thumbs up for that. Mm Mm-hmm. I have something that's really sad now then. So sad. in so I I read up other things that was in the important changes on deprecations that they don't oh. really include in the release note, but are just as important because then they put actual things away. So we've had these connectors, and it was the Dynamics connector first, and then we had a Dataverse connector, and then a mm. new Dataverse connector. So they're actually removing that in the between. So the Dynamics leg, no, sorry, the Dataverse legacy connector was actually deprecated now and will be replaced in October. Ooh, time to rewrite your flows, everybody. <laughs> yep. So you can build new power automates until april using it and then you will have six months to deprecate them all but i'm saying no more flows using the old legacy connector and start rebuilding them now Hmm. important thing to point out i didn't even look at the deprecation for this no and then even worse uh azure logic apps are the same thing however They don't have the new connector. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You can't use this and we're not replacing it. Best of luck. (laughs) Well, well, so that's kind of harsh. But yeah, they're saying it's coming soon. All right, then. So that's pretty. uh, Yeah, so the Azure Logic Apps. I'm not a big fan of deprecating things before there's a replacement. So... Interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, harsh, but still still important things to do. Mm-hmm. I'll bring us back to exciting things coming. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Dynamics 365 app for customer service. And I think probably the other first-party apps, but this is in the customer service release notes, says you'll be able to view the team's chat to a connected records timeline which is cool because today the team's chats, though connected, are not in the timeline. 
which is a little frustrating. So this will be a great way to see a well-rounded 360 degree view of your service record, of your contact, whatever you have um, linked it to. So that is cool. I'm curious why there's no GA date for this one. The only date we have is public preview in April of 2023, but I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. So then I will go back to marketing and say that you can actually, in, in September 2023, we have public preview for looking at the contents of the actual emails being sent. Mm. Because you have this personalization that you can have in marketing. That's why we don't want to send the same email to everyone. Before we yeah. could just see the actions, but now we can see the actual email being sent. So you can see if the customer complains about something, then customer servers can actually see what went out. So that's pretty important. But yeah. That is really nice. So I think that was my number 10, but I have some uh, extras. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to I'm going to do my last one, which I want to point out that there is a new area in the release notes under Dynamics 365 called Viva Sales. Viva Sales wasn't under the release notes in its own separate thing. It used to live underneath sales, but now it has its own complete section to find very interesting. And I'm really trying to learn more about Viva Sales and where it fits with the Dynamics app for Outlook. I'm going to speak about it at some conferences this spring because I am dedicated to finding out what the heck we're supposed to do with this. Because yeah. if you listen to our podcast, the last time Marcus and I talked about release wave updates and what we were excited about, I was so excited to see improvements to the Outlook app in the sales release notes, and then they disappeared. And it all got bundled over Viva Sales. So Viva Sales has its own section and it's getting improvements coming up. So the one listed here is empower sellers to collaborate in teams and channels using sales templates, which is cool. And Viva Sales for sure seems way cooler than the Dynamics app for Outlook. Um, but these changes are coming general availability June 2023. So more cooler stuff coming in the whole collaboration world. Yeah. The only thing about Viva Sales, it is still a sales enterprise license. Otherwise, you mm -hmm. have to buy it separately, right? $40 per user per month. That's a pretty hefty charge. Yeah, well, then you can basically just buy Dynamics Move from Free. professional up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. It's from 65 to 95, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's, yeah. And then, then you get insights with it too like you might as well just jump yeah. up for your sales user yeah so if you're already our sales professional and you want to use viva sales then yeah yeah do that um but we have a lot of customers that's on the sales professional and don't have the sales so enterprise. Many. so yeah yeah all right then so then i have one that i think are in the same kind of license and it's in Dynamics 365 sales. And that's the ability to validate email, but just on leads right now. So they it sounds like they will actually send an email and the customers can click a link, but I am not entirely sure. So it's going to validate it. And then it's going to say, well, if you 
add like mumbo jumbo. <laughs> I'm not sure if that fit, translates good into gibberish into English. Uh, so you can't just put ABC at one, two, three dot no and dot something. So mm-hmm. it will have those kind of blocks as well. So it's easier to sort out that, yeah, well, it's just a made up email. So never mind that. It's easier That's to neat. just not enter that. So yeah. Those, yeah, those there's a lot of interesting things in the sales insights part. Again, like the premium license holders will have some really neat things. Um, the one that I like too is that um, SMS conversation will be included right on the timeline. So you can, in just like the Teams chat that you can now access from a contact, you can have an SMS message in a similar kind of windows right on the right-hand panel there, hmm. which is fascinating. So it's not just an activity because... Mm-hmm. Dynamics doesn't really have SMS as a basic activity. You have to create it yourself still. This is a little bit different, I think. It says taxes uh, and actual mails that you can put stamps on, but you <laughs> right? can't have a text <laughs> message. <laughs> <laughs> Not That's an awesome. email mail, it's like an actual mail yeah and this is really nice i mean it just says it has to be configured by administrators makers or business analysts to be available so it seems to promise a simpler way to communicate via sms public preview of that is april general availability is may yeah not a ton of info in the release notes there is a screenshot that gets you excited though it is just a panel on the right hand side fantastic okay so then it's probably <laughs> the integration part to your actual text message provider that you have to set up right because that's mm-hmm. going to infer at least some costs if you want to send a lot of text messages yeah all right but still i'm i'm still having problem with text messages not being a default activity but well well perhaps it's yeah. just me <laughs> it's such a big part of communication between a company these days though like it it is odd the things that you can get natively in dynamics and things that you have to customize well it's like when you say customize and you customize an environment and you have settings and you want to like okay how would you want the text mess do you want to use skype or skype for business and i'm like what yeah (laughs) what (laughs) in those settings environment there's no teams option no (laughs) it's great right yeah so those kind of old things are a bit strange to me but perhaps it's they're moving some of the settings part into the actual third party first party apps Mm -hmm. so perhaps it that's why they don't sort of okay it ain't broken so just leave it but it's confusing if people it is if new admins come in there and want to like well where's teams and we're like mm-hmm. no it's not over there you have to go the other place and like well what does this means then where it's not really used you have to <laughs> ignore that move on these are not the settings you're looking for and i make that <laughs> uh, kind of um star wars reference to uh, yeah. <laughs> i'm not sure which movie it is from nowadays but uh yeah um 
So do you find it problem when you're trying to teach new admins where settings are in an environment? Yeah, it's it's really difficult because there are always it's like the entire product suite. There are two or three ways to accomplish what you're trying to do. And people will find their way to the legacy settings. They do find a way from the legacy settings, especially super users or people that like to click around when they can't find something. And then it, it's very hard to train them. Um, we'll sometimes add a part of the model-driven app, which will just be a link to the Power Platform Admin Center, just to make it a little bit easier. So within your app, just click on this button and then it launches it. That's been helpful with some user adoption for the system admins or people that need to access that part. But yeah, it is complicated, yeah. overly complicated. And some settings are in the admin.powerpages.microsoft.com. Some some right. settings are there. Some settings are, well, you have to configure like the new look and feel. Then you have to mm-hmm. include it in your solution. Then you modify it. Then it's there in the settings over there. Then you can yeah, modify that there. Or you go to the people, first. Yeah. Yeah. Or people who are using customer service have a yeah. model-driven app they have to go to. To manage yeah. your customer service settings. Exactly. Some of them have that. And the, otherwise, in sales, they're like, well, you have this navigation area at the bottom left, very bottom left. And then you get to settings there. And then you mm-hmm. can configure these parts. So it's like at least three or perhaps four different places that you have to look for it, especially now when things are new. It's like, okay. It sounds like a feature that you can configure in this way. Let's search for it and see. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, uh, well, it's labeled. Okay, so what are the categories now? Uh, we have, okay, uh, automatically for users. So it says all things that are enabled are enabled for, and then it says something right. So mm-hmm. one that's easier, that's users automatically. Okay, no no one will ever have to do anything because Microsoft will just enable it for us and you have to live with it. Mm-hmm. Easy enough. <laughs> then it's like enabled for users by admin makers or an analysts. Then we mm-hmm. have to configure it in some way. Then we have to go look, right? Yep. Or it's enabled for, and then it could be, admin makers marketers or analysts or whatever automatically and then it's just well there's no way to enable it but it's aimed for not all uses in your environment clear as mud <laughs> yeah clear as mud <laughs> so when you sip through these <laughs> release notes some of them are like well Hmm, probably it's going to be like this because it's labeled as enabled for users by admins. Well, then we have to configure something. Mm-hmm. But it's very difficult to uh, introduce end users or m- makers to sip through this type of information. Well, Which is a great way that you can use this release planner. If you haven't seen it yet, look it up. The Dynamics 365 and Microsoft Power Platform Release Planner. It's the same thing. It's showing you all of the release notes by area 
But then you can open up any one of these. After you've logged in, you have to log in with your Microsoft account. And then there's a little icon, it's a little plus, add to my plan. So you can do that. And if you're a partner, you can create release plans for your customers instead of relying on them to check everything out. You can say, hey, Acme organization, these are the features that you need to keep an eye on. Copy the link, paste the link, and then they can keep an eye on it too. And then you, you're empowering them to you know, be on top of everything that they're using. It's pretty neat. I like it a lot. Yeah, and the great thing that it's not bound to just one release wave either, because if some things from 2022 release wave two is going to be released in March, it's still going to be listed there under the same feature. And new things that will come along or be postponed will still be in the same list. Yeah, so that's a really good one. Good. Thank you, Heidi. So that's a good segue to where do I go if I want to know more? Go to that one, the release planner. Yeah, yeah, it's my new go-to. My yeah. new, my old go-to was the release notes and just going to the get started page and start to see all the details and then like the what's new and planned. But this is a, a cleaner way, I think, to see everything there. Yeah, good one. So do you have any public speaking schedule, Heidi? Oh, Okay. Well, this will be in the past when this episode airs, but I'm speaking at DynamicsCon virtual conference, which is happening March 15th, which is in the past for you, but in the present for me. And uh, other than that, I will be at User Group Summit in October, but I will unfortunately not be attending any of the spring conferences. No, no, no. Actually, this is going to air like in a couple of hours, actually. So we're... Come join me on March 15th at, uh, I think it's 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'll plug my session then. I am presenting 50 tips in 50 minutes with the awesome MVP, Kylie Kaiser. And we did pre-record it because it's a virtual conference. So we actually do 50 tips in like 42 minutes because we want a time for Q&A. So we'll be live for 15 minutes with a Q&A after our session. Holy man, that's really <laughs> fast. So 50 minutes in 42 minutes. No. Yeah, 50 tips. 50 tips. Okay. It was fun. Sometimes we got through our tips. Sometimes we did not. <laughs> it was fun good. to record. I hope it's fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Do you okay. have any speaking coming up? Yeah, not really. I haven't really done much public speaking at all, but I'm considering the Nordic Summit that's now in plan to be in Copenhagen this autumn so uh, hopefully I can pick some topics and actually Mm. send something because the call for speakers is open right now Uh, so hopefully I will do that so now that I've said it publicly I probably will have to so that's a good (laughs) thing for me uh, because now I have to do it perfect all right, then. Like it. So uh, thank you for your participation in CM Rocks. Heidi Newhouser. Thank you. This was fun. <laughs> yeah. And thanks to your listening. And you can find us on, let's see here. We have Facebook. We have a page on Facebook. We post episodes on LinkedIn. Probably just me and you tagging each other. Find us on the hashtag CMRocks on Twitter. 
Yeah. yeah. I think that's it. All right, then. See you next time on CM Rocks.